I'm Glenn Southam and welcome to the podcast that shares the challenges, successes and advice of marketing professionals working in recruitment. You also get to find out their favourite swear word. You can find me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Southam and the podcast website can be found at thelonelymarketers.com, the no strings network for marketers in recruitment. This is The Lonely Marketer Show. Let's get going. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Lonely Marketer. I'm Glenn Southam from Two Ends and we're in Leeds today with Chris Holland who is the marketing manager for Charlton Morris. Charlton Morris are a life sciences, medical devices and industrial recruiter based in the UK, Denmark and most recently the US. Chris has been heading up the marketing at Charlton Morris since 2017, although he's been in the business for a bit longer than that, um, having successfully managed the transition from the dark side of being a consultant. Um, so welcome, Chris. Thanks. Hey, Glenn. It's, uh, yeah, excited to, to, to be doing this. It's certainly, I think, yeah, well, that's something we'll come on to in it, but I, it's, I've, uh, I think that navigating from that side of the business is something that's actually helped me in my, my marketing um, sort of career to date. But no, yeah, excited. I suppose that's you know before we get into the things. How, how do you think it's it's helped you having had that experience of being a being a consultant and then moving over to the marketing side? Um, I think that my understanding of, of, of marketing. Um, I think you, you, when you're learning marketing and you learn an awful lot of sort of theory and um, practices and sort of idealistic goals when you come into it, um, and I think that by doing the recruitment thing first you're not just trying to put those ideas out there you you start to realize the frankly sort of huge amounts of pressure that the consultants and the guys are are under and you you, from my perspective anyway i certainly have um a lot more sympathy for them and it means that i just don't don't tend to ask for too much but it also on the flip side to that has made me realize sort of what a great resource recruiters are for their knowledge and how that can contribute to your marketing efforts and particularly when it comes to to sort of content yeah I think we we discussed it a bit previously didn't we before we started recording is that I I back in 2004 I went through the kind of the the training that that recruiters went through and being able to to understand the challenges they have and the frustrations day-to-day is important but then Unfortunately, a lot of consultants don't go through the, the marketing training as no. much and that's where the, the disconnect can happen. Certainly, yeah. And I think, yeah, and I, and I, and I, and I think that um, when people do the transition that I've done, um, you can often be a little bit too sort of inwardly focused on the business. And I think sort of as a result of that, you find a lot of basically sort of recruitment marketeers who are jaded ex-recruiters and are just sort of constantly pumping out stuff about how good the company is and about what it's like to work for the company whereas it's I think it's a difficult thing to do but I think it's really important to try and balance um, that sort of obviously recruiting expertise but also you can still have that big picture marketing idealistic view but you've maybe just got to be realistic about the way that you're um, try and achieve it you know yeah. yeah so what 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 do you think is the the kind of the biggest challenge that that marketers are facing in in recruitment at the moment um i i think that it is noise um primarily is is sort of my thoughts on that is basically 
there's in in recruitment it's such a, a trend driven industry as is every industry to be fair but particularly from a a marketer's perspective there's constantly so much going on around you and around everybody else and the temptation is always to join in on the trends um, yeah. i think and i think that something we're always we 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 like to be, we, we obviously want to be the first movers in a lot of ways, but we're also a little bit reluctant at times to, to jump in too fast because A, it can backfire, and B, if you, well, I'm through that, it's it, if you do it badly, if you do something new um, and, and it backfires, then that can look really bad for your company. But also, if you just see this brand new technology and think, all oh, right, we, we need to have that now because so and so has done it, um, then you might jump in and it might not be right for you at that time, or you might end up sort of, adapting things in your business outside marketing to try and adapt to this technology which might then make you lose sight of why your company is good in the first place yeah. there's so many technologies out there that that are professing to be the you know the golden bullet that solves every candidate acquisition client acquisition even consultant acquisition kind of challenge isn't it and i think it mm. like you say it's very hard to cut through that that noise as um as a recruitment business not even just a marketer yeah. you know there's plenty of marketing tools out there that that say they'll they'll manage everything for you and yeah. you know yeah. and it's, it's not the case really no and it's certainly not and i think that um take linkedin i mean linkedin's where we do um being sort of executive search and and, and working at that higher end go on have a plug of how many followers you've got on linkedin <laughs> go on. well we're, we're coming up to 120,000 uh, followers at the moment on linkedin but that's because we've just always, it's always been something so, so central to our business. But like a, a good example of that is obviously there's a, a, a ton of sort of scheduling tools, but the latest thing you hear about LinkedIn is that if you publish on LinkedIn on your company page through an external scheduling tool, then apparently LinkedIn might punish you for that in the sense of it not being displayed. Um, and then so with that, then it becomes a balance of you sort of go, well, does that mean I have to post however many times a day or a week on my own and remember to do that on LinkedIn or do I just take that hit? But the fact is that these these companies, if that is the case from LinkedIn, they're not going to change that. And these companies that can schedule or, or say they can schedule all your things, it might not make life easy because you might see a reduction in engagement from, from it's the, the wrong It's the wrong way to think about things as well, isn't it? It's like everyone's trying to break, break the algorithm, if yeah, you like, yeah. and things like that. And, and what that... From from my point of view, what that means is that you take the focus on the on the content and the output that you're creating, the reason you're doing that. The focus goes on, you know, how how we go get uh, more likes, more shares, and and the value. If you're creating the valuable content and things like that, that you know, that's gonna always get seen, and you're gonna get the right exposure and the right return, Massive, regardless. Ma definitely, and I think that it's about. Um, so people always talk about the vanity metrics, don't they? And I think that's a massive thing with with LinkedIn and with the with the content. Um, so, like a big part of our content marketing strategy is to go um, niche and and appeal a great deal around to a a very <laughs> select group um, of people who maybe don't often see content about that. So it might not get I don't know it might. It, it might not get a thousand or two thousand or five thousand likes, um, but at the same time, it might really, really resonate with a real core group of our candidates or clients that then are just 
amazed that we've produced something that is so relevant to them because they it's almost like a like you almost get a gratitude sometimes of saying thank you for highlighting this thank you for highlighting this yeah. technology industry whatever it is and i think but there's certainly no shortcut to doing that properly yeah have, have you got like expanded on that in terms of the the content you've created i know it can be quite quite technical in the markets you you operate in but is there any kind of the, the clear examples of the roi and stuff that you've you've gained from some of the content that you've created yeah i mean um in terms of sort of a, a, a pounds and pence figure probably not but i can there's sort of been examples of where we have done things like this in this market and companies that we have maybe tried to approach or representatives from companies we tried to approach through conventional methods of, you know, your, your cold calling. Phone bashing. Mail, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, or email bashing and a keyboard bashing. Um, and who've, who've always turned a blind eye or, or, or said no to us um, have maybe either commented on a post or something and said, this is great. And then you follow up with a call and it's a warm introduction and that has led to placements. Yeah. Um, we've also had people approach us and say, well, oh, well, you've highlighted this technology. We actually, are, you know, we're, we're interested in, 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 in having ourselves highlighted in a similar way. Would you be interested in doing that? And we say, well, yeah. And then obviously steer them towards recruitment because we aren't a marketing company, we're a recruitment company. You steer them that way first, but it, it, it varies it varies in different ways and I think I mean it's a cop out to say it but I think probably the the ROI might come sort of from the behind the scenes stuff and it's maybe not it's maybe not something that it, it might influence a decision in six months time from someone but we um, want decisions now we want the, ROI now yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and it's obviously it's the sort of eternal struggle in it with with anything to do with with marketing and um trying to put these figures on things and a, a lot of investments in recruitment, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, but it, it certainly adds value. And what, if it's had to put pounds on it, then it certainly strengthens our brand identity a, yeah. a great deal. And it also lets us put our money where our mouth is when we say that we're specialists in, in our market. Yeah. And obviously a lot of your, a lot of your content, like you say, is very, is very specialist as are the consultants at, at Charlton Morris and you, you need their buy-in for a lot of this content, yeah. don't you? On um, on LinkedIn and on every other channel. So I suppose is you know how do you get those guys bought in? Because look, they're not all copywriters and they're not all content generators and things like that. But they do have the knowledge. But how do you get how do you get their attention and their time to be able to deliver everything yeah. that you're doing from this point of view? Yeah, I think that's a really like important question when it comes to doing this. I think it's something that um, a lot of a lot of companies do struggle with and we've been sort of relatively successful with how we've done it. And basically what we do is is we make sure that we're being relevant to them and their markets with the content we're creating and we and and, and showing that we're adding value to other people. So basically we don't make sort of content creation compulsory for anyone we don't make it and say you absolutely have to sit down and do this because then it becomes forced and you get people you know just 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 trying any just just getting anything down on paper for the sake of getting it out because then it becomes like a kpi or something yeah um so we it, it's certainly not a compulsory thing um it's a voluntary thing but it's something that's always massive i make myself constantly available to have conversations and chats about it and encourage people to do it and also whenever we do get any success then we 
shout about it. That, that's that's the, I think that's, that's the, the key, isn't yeah. it? And obviously, like you say, you don't sometimes don't get results straight away, but um, you know consultants a lot of them are ego led so yeah. if they are getting a lot of likes a lot of engagement and clients and candidates are commenting and interacting as soon as someone else on a team or another division sees it they want a bit of that don't they? Yeah, yeah massively they, 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 they certainly do and 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 that's it and and that's something that's really worked for us i think in the past couple of years we've probably published i think it's pushing or just over now like 200 different pieces of content across different um massively different sectors like everything from sort of mining to selling gene therapy to orthopedic simulations and stuff like that so it's real weird and wonderful and and the the results do vary market to market but it's every single time any content gets published even before anything else there's a uh, an announcement made to the whole company with every single piece without fail yeah like you guys is, use slack don't yes you? yeah yeah, yeah so we've got channel. a notice board channel on on slack um, which isn't allowed to be muted, <laughs> and um, and it's yes yeah, every single time new content and like a bit of like we've just written a fantastic new piece about this like please show your support get behind it um, and then that obviously gives it that initial boost but then any time that um, any time anything significant happens off the back of it say someone makes placement someone sells a retainer gets a response from a big client they haven't spoken to then that gets shouted about and something else is. Um, we also try and push it out to as many um, relevant industry publications as possible, yep. um, which again is great for, for for credibility both for for us as a company and for the the consultants themselves. And we've had quite a bit of success with that. We've had people being asked to write sort of columns on quite big industry websites off the back of a LinkedIn article or yep. blog. But I don't really like saying blog. No, I, I, no. <laughs> if, if, you know, I, I've read quite a lot of your content and it is a little bit more insightful. I think the other key to, to your approach to it is that nothing's ever really vanilla, is it? You're not, you're not afraid to, to have an opinion, put it out there, back it up and stand by it. And I think that's, that's key. Yeah, def definitely. Because so much like pe people like, a, if you want a conversation with someone like, you, you want to have the conversation with someone where it sort of respectfully goes back and forth and you've got different opinions and you come to, you might not come to a, you might agree to disagree, but you've sort of enjoyed the, the ride and the chat on the way there. I suppose but, the, other, the other side of it and what we see probably more in the mainstream media is that people are shocking for the sake of it yeah. to get a reaction and that, that, that probably holds as much, much value as a vanilla approach, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and, certain, and, and when you do that, especially in sort of a B2B um, envi publishing environment or, or content-driven environment like we're in, I think if you do that, then you just risk massively alienating your candidates and your clients and everybody else. You lose your credibility, yeah, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think... you. I don't think you necessarily see much of that from sort of recruitment companies, but you do see you do see obviously quite a lot of people trying so hard to be inoffensive that they actually just don't say very much. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. That's it. You, you, it's sort of you get a lot of words without anything sort of coming out the other side of it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a fine line to toe, but yeah, we're like we're more than happy to we're more than happy to to. To, to put our opinions out there, but also more than happy to say if they are our opinions that, that they're just an opinion. You know what I mean? And we'll say at the end of it, like, that's our opinion, but please do say if you disagree. Like, if we've picked 
if we've if someone who's a specialist in a very certain niche market has chosen to highlight five companies in that market, then as we, long as the reasoning behind yeah, exactly. choosing that's they, fine, is yeah, and they have just, got reasons for it. They have got re- and they can justify it. And sometimes people will comment on it and they will say, um, "Oh, well, hang on, you forgot us, or you forgot <laughs> these guys, or you forgot these guys, or I don't think that they're maybe doing it. They're doing this, and they should be doing this." And that's just that's brilliant because we can then. As long as, again, another really important part of it is obviously making sure that the consultants, when they're publishing stuff themselves, that something we always say, the work starts once it's being published. Mm. So be that following up on the likes of comments. You don't want them sat there. Um, be that looking at who has shared it and following up with them to try and you know monetize it and turn it into revenue. To look at who's liked it. Um, and some of our stuff has done really well and has got into like the hundreds of, of likes and things in these real niche sectors. Um, and and we, we'd say, look, follow up, find the people who've liked it and give them that call because you've got, it's, it's instantly a warm lead. Even mm. just a, a read of your article and a click is, is all of a sudden a warmer lead, maybe not a, a warm lead in, 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 in every sense. But, you know, that, that's, that's, that, that's the main thing, uh, really, that making sure they make the most of it when it's out there and it's not just something you chuck up and hope for the best. Has that been your big, 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 biggest success, really, the, the content side of things? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. I, I, I think um, the content, yeah, the, the content itself, but also like what we touched on earlier and, and creating an atmosphere within our business that content is valuable yeah and is kind of a culture of content within Charlton massively yeah Yeah. and that's something that I'm really proud that we've been able to do because it I know that in a lot of companies and luckily it's not the case with us but I know with a lot of companies the sort of marketeers and the marketing team and the recruiters are very much us and them yeah now as it stands I am an ex recruiter yeah. with Charlton Morris, so there was never that that divide as such. But no marketers, uh, no marketers in recruitment probably want it to be like that as no. well, is there? You know, it's one of the reasons why I started doing the podcast and things is to show that it doesn't have to be like that, like De- that at all. Definitely not, definitely not, and that's why I think that it's um, if someone's coming into recruitment from a purely marketing background, then that's why it's really good to, to get involved in in the recruiting side, in the training, in in knowing how the processes work. Because they even, even just hot desking, if you can't yeah. do the training, you know, hot desk, moved, sit on a different division each time, especially yeah. if you're you are a, a sole marketer yeah, within a company. Certainly. And and you start to and, and if you know that I don't know, if you if you know that someone's got a if you know if someone in your business you know has got a, a big a big client call coming up with a big pitch or be it for a retainer or for an RPO or for a big role or anything like that, then like sit in on that. And I think if you, and if, if you listen to someone who's really good on the phone and really good at converting these opportunities, you get a real appreciation for the skill and craft that goes into it, I think. Yeah. And also, also the amount of effort that goes into it. And then that might help you with the way in which you approach a well, asking for stuff for marketing from from your, your yeah. recruiters. And no, I, I I totally agree. So, what what do you think are the you know the biggest opportunities at the moment for marketers in in recruitment? You know, what is it in terms yeah. of the impact they can have on a recruitment business or or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the certainly, I think that I think that 
recruitment is becoming a lot more um, marketing focused. I think it's sort of it's always been marketing focused, whether it be you're marketing your job ads or you're marketing your candidates. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's that is just marketing, and that is what that is that is what everyone's doing. But people um, may sort of I don't know, not put the time and effort that's needed into doing those things and. And there's probably a lot of value to be added there, but for me, the biggest opportunity for mar- marketers is 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 the content side of stuff and and that. But just the people in the business, I see that as an opportunity for marketers. And mm-hmm. you might get, say, if you're a solo a solo marketer in a business, and you decide that you're going to put together, you you were I don't know a mid-sized recruitment company. And you think right, we're going to do a salary survey. Then that's a that's a lot of work for one person to do, and even if you and but by getting the individuals and the business involved, it immediately divides that work up by a, the nth degree. Especially if it's going to be good as well, you know, it, something like a, a salary survey, you probably could knock out quite quickly. But if you want it to really add value to your clients and candidates and you don't want it to be a tick box exercise because everyone's doing it yeah you you need all of those opinions and all that insight don't you exactly yeah but the the thing is is that you've probably got a lot of insight and a lot of opinions like literally sat in your business yeah from, from experts and something that i've always said is that i think recruiters and this is another opportunity i think for marketers is that recruiters always will tend to write about recruitment as as their content or as whatever it is they put out. So it'll kind be, of like C V advice. Yeah. What inter- to wear at an interview. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Interview tips, C V advice. Yeah, exactly what you say. But like what a recruiter has also got, as well as that stuff, which is debatable as to whether they know more than an experienced candidate about that sort of thing. Um what they've got as a recruiter working in whatever market you're in, whatever vertical you're in, is a unique and objective viewpoint of that market or that industry. And objective to the extent, obviously, you've got clients, but in the sense that if you've got a, if you've got a, a, a candidate, then they will work for company A and they will feel some degree of loyalty to company A. And every single bit of stuff they write or they put out or they talk about will be will have that at the back of the mind that like I can't say anything too complimentary to the competition here because like what if I get well they're not gonna get you know sacked or or, or there's, there's bad things come out of it um whereas what you've got as a recruiter is you're not gonna be shouting about who your clients are necessarily but you you genuinely have you know what the landscape of the market is and you have more conversations about the market than anyone than else anybody including your clients probably exactly. yes yeah. 100% and from different opinions and potentially at different levels of seniority as well and so when you get all that information together but like often you they might put it like your recruiters might put it in the CRM um, they might just sit on it and then the might the only time they might use it is when they speak to somebody else in that market tomorrow or next week. Can't they kind of they kind of live in the moment, don't they? Recruiters exactly, more often yeah. Than not. yeah. But I think once you if if you can if you can flick that switch in them that actually this information articulated in the right way can probably quite easily be transformed into something really valuable that that valuable to their clients and candidates then that's something then then that's a massive opportunity for marketers yeah. but and it's yeah about if, if you could yeah if you can be the enabler 
of that. I think that's only going to, going to increase marketing standard. Absolutely, and how you enable that might vary. It might be that you have to read a draft. It might be that you have to film a video for them. It might be that you have to be on the video. It might be you have to write the thing yourself. Um, but the, there is sort of, I, I, I just think that if you're a solo or a two or three person marketing team, then you can't, you, you can't physically sort, think of all the ideas for everything across all your markets, source all the information and get it all written slash recorded slash That's film. where you become vanilla because Ex you take the easy way out of thinking, I, I need to be to, everyone yeah. to, ev you know, everyone to everything and, yeah, and things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and you, but you've got this great resource in your company. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, underused, I'd say, especially from a, from a data point of view, which is, you know, which is probably the most, most powerful thing that, that we've got as marketeers now. You know, yeah. the, the creative side always plays a part, but using that data to, to our own benefit, to use the data to be creative yeah. is, is, the, is the key. Yeah, certainly. And it's just, it's, and when, and again, if you're in a small marketing team and you, you're time poor, then using that data to be focused and putting your time in the right places and directing the right ways is, is totally key. And that's, to be honest, that's something that we're working on a lot at the moment, um, yeah. trying to take a more targeted approach with the stuff that we're putting out. Um, and again, it's an important to always sort of, always realize that you haven't cracked it. I think recruitment marketing is, it's a, it's obviously been around for a while. Yeah. Like you've been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's always evolving. It's always changing and, it, and it's, and with every new bit of technology, like at the minute, it's obviously everyone. And, like, and everyone can do it as well. So the people who've chosen to do marketing as a specialist career, they need to continue to be evolving and doing something different to stand out from. And, you know, as great as some of them are, those, those recruiters or you know two-man band recruitment companies who think they're doing marketing just by doing using every tool that's available yeah, that yeah. that isn't marketing no. is it no it's not at all that's that's just awareness it, it's yeah. yeah awareness slash sort of shouting wait, shouting yeah shout but but often shouting in in a locked room yeah with the the blinds drawn yeah in, in a lot of cases um and you, yeah, you've, you, it's all about like knowing whether you should be shouting or you should be whispering or you should just be talking and which way you should be doing that and who to and you know thinking about that and it often I think takes it's it's too much work for for, for on the whole for someone who's just sort of a, a solo recruiter if they want to do proper marketing then they need a proper marketing at least strategy it's yeah. not it's not something that you can just make up as you go along and that's certainly something yeah. we I think I think there's there, you, you know you can always have flexibility in your plan and strategy can't you but you you need that that vision of um of what you want marketing to achieve and yeah. I think the key for it is that it needs to be tied into what the the business wants to achieve and what the business wants to be known for so yeah exactly and that's and I, I suppose the the easy thing for me to talk about is us and our business and our big selling point and big sort of USP is that is is we're specialists and that's always been our thing that our consultants are specialists in really niche product areas right okay so if you're a specialist then 
like like recruit. every other recruitment company yeah. that says they're a specialist. Exactly. Yeah. But then you go, all right, well, so um, we're doing loads of we're doing loads of outbound stuff. We're trying to do loads of business development, but how do we actually prove that we're specialists? Well, that's where marketing comes in. We create stuff that these guys put out that is specialist. Yeah, that they are they are saying specialist things. <laughs> we about really are specialists, yeah, and it's like. <laughs> You literally, like, you, you literally cannot argue with us because it's there in front of you in 500, 750 or like, I think some of our, like the longest stuff we've put out has been like up to like 2,000 words, and, yeah. which is mammoth and probably a bit too long in some cases. But it, it's just even if, and then again, even if you're not using it, even if the sort of vanity metrics don't rack up and you don't get thousands of, likes and views that consultant or that team has always got a reference point to clients yeah so look i'm a like we're on an introduction or a call or whatever like look i am a specialist and by the way before our next call why don't you have a read of this i wrote about yeah about the market about my industry yeah and then it, it goes without saying that you're a specialist because how could you have written that how could you have done it but like to go back to what you said before you've specialists have opinions yeah and specialists care and specialists don't just regurgitate what's already on the internet or, you know, straight out pull stuff from other websites and just use that. Like, you, you, you do have to add a little bit extra, give a bit of extra insight. and or and Yeah, or that can, opinion of, yeah, backed yeah, up opinion. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then, and then yeah, it, it's just a great way of, sort of putting your money where your mouth is with it. Cool. Um, don't don't use the platform as a, as to advertise your job, but uh, Chris is looking for someone to join his team. But if you were to give any advice to people starting in marketing within recruitment, what would it be? And that you know that could be someone who's potentially in house in a different role, looking to move, or you know even someone looking to enter the industry. You know what mm. what would be if you had to give a bit of advice? What would it be? I, th- yeah, I think it's like the the two. I think that's two different things. I think if it's someone coming marketing, we've already sort of mentioned it, if it's someone who's got a marketing background coming into recruitment, then my biggest bit of advice would be to do as much recruitment as possible. Yeah. Get involved in as much recruitment as possible. You know, do the training. If if someone's getting inducted, do the training with them. Sit through it. Learn how your processes work as a business and how you place um, candidates. Because if you Google, like, if, if you Google what is recruitment, like, there's going to be a million different answers and each company is going to do it in a slightly different way. So you've got to know how your processes work and know how your business works. So then you can then go on how to to know how to market it. And also, like we said before, know, you know then what the pressures and, and, and strains are of someone working in recruitment, you know, what they're under and you can maybe accommodate for that. Yeah. And I think for someone in in recruitment moving into marketing, who's, yeah, like saying a different in-house role, like doing sort of what I did, then I think you've got to sort of read as much as you can. You've got to put as much time into learning the theory side of it as as um, as you possibly can and not be afraid to um, admit when you have you don't know something, you know what I mean? Admit when you've made mistakes. Don't be afraid to reach out to people like yourself who can help fill in those gaps from your experience that you don't have. Yeah. I think that's a, and that's a really important thing, like being humble with it. Um, recruitment is a massive game of egos and it's a lot of people who often make quite a lot of money and, and, and do very, very well for themselves. And that's the pro. I, I find, uh, you know, over my career that that's kind of always been a big challenge is when you, 
when you're working in successful recruitment businesses, the very nature of it means that individuals and the company are already doing well mm. doing what they're doing exactly. and you're trying to move the dial on it aren't you yeah and it's you know how can you do even better and that's the and, and it's a challenge because obviously everything in in recruitment from a consultant's perspective is is measured and measured and measured and measured um be it like I mean, be it candidate interviews, be it mail shots, be it call yeah. times, be it this, and then how does that equate to this, and then revenue, and then ratios of CVs sent to interviews and things like that. And then all of a sudden, if you're moving from the recruitment side into the marketing side, that to a degree goes with smoke. Yeah. But you're still trying to get people involved, and you're still trying to get people on board with it. And it's very much a case of like, if it, well, I think it can be very much the case of if it ain't broke, sort of don't fix it from a yeah. consultant's perspective because they say, well, I know for a fact that if I send two CVs and that could be worth three grand in billion or whatever that translates to for them, why would I spend the time? I could be looking for candidates yeah. writing this article. Or why am I going to record a video with you? Yeah, exactly. Sort of exactly. Yeah. Making a call. Yeah. So I, I think that yeah, I'd, I'd, biggest advice would definitely be marketers outside do as much recruitment as possible when you get into it because it's likely you've never worked in an environment like it. You can't bring the textbook into the environment. It's not going to work. And that, do you know what? I think that's why there's quite a lot of churn and there's not many people who hang around more than two, three, four years within the industry is because no. they have this idealistic view of what marketing looks like and it's just, it's not the reality in the no. recruitment industry. No, and, and it's probably not in, in most industries. Yeah, exactly. You've got to adapt, haven't you? Um, but yeah, but I think that understanding the fa understanding the way that, that your company works is massive. But then yeah, um, if you're in that in-house role, just be hungry to learn as much as you possibly can, and humble enough to admit when you can't do the learning yourself, and look at other ways to to acquire that knowledge and information that you need to you know equip yourself to be successful. Yeah, I think I think you know uh, obviously I, I'm biased having been doing what I've been doing over the past you know nine months type thing but being able to continue learning and getting advice and support uh, you know in so in some cases that might be from a, an md a founder or a or an owner or you know if you're lucky enough to have a marketing director and, and things like that but it's not always the case so you know getting out of that internal bubble and getting advice whether it is from you know the communities like like we're trying to build here or even outside of the recruitment industry, but other sales environments, and and that's I think that's that's key really. Absolutely, like and 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 if you, and I suppose if you are moving, I mean, obviously there's going to be a massive range of people and businesses that listen to to this podcast. But if you are say say you did what I did and you were um, a, a consultant and you moved into a marketing role, then perhaps when you're a consultant, you work with marketing people. Yeah, like you're still in the business. You can still get in touch with candidates. You can still get in touch with clients if you want to. Like, tap them up. Ask what they think. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the again, like it's a, it's a, it's a people business recruitment, obviously, and it's 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 so easy to, like, you, you forget that you sat on such a massive pool of people and information at all times, and you, and but you can like use it, use the use your candidates, use your clients. Cool. Great. Well, as ever, I'd like to end the podcast with one word answers of five questions. So the last five is what we call it. Um, so here we go. One marketing tool or technology you couldn't live without? 
got the LinkedIn for us. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they'd be straight on if you did say LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. um, your favourite brand? It's hard, this. I've actually gone for one that's a bit weird. Have you seen the Bands FC? So it's not even a, it's not necessarily a I've brand. I've heard of it. It's like a Twitter account, and basically they're making uh, football team crests of bands. Yes. And at the minute, that's something I've been really into. So, for example, they've made like a Chef Wednesday shirt out of the Pulp logo. Yeah. Um, so that, I go with them nice. at the minute. Good. What sound or noise do you love? It's really hard, this. Um, I've said, like, I think, you know a zip? You know, you're like, <laughs> you know, you zip a coat up yeah. really quick. Yeah, like, that's satisfying. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and, unless you're doing the wrong zip in the wrong place at the wrong time, potentially. Maybe yeah, in then the it's toilet. Yeah, yeah, then it's that, then it's, it's a different sound. Yeah, then it's a different sound. Terrible screams in it. So obviously, you've already done recruitment, so you can't say that. Yeah, and you're doing marketing now. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? DJ. Ah. It's just the best job in the world, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. actually, it's not, if you're good at it. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, I'm, I wouldn't want to be... Yeah, Phoenix I Knights. That with, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rave on. Cool. Uh, yeah. No, and, and, and the favourite question, favourite swear word? Prick. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I probably won't have to make that explicit, actually. That's an, that's an okay word for yeah, the podcast. Yeah. I think it's, it's an every man's swear word. <laughs> Great. <laughs> cool. Brilliant. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris. Um, as ever, everyone, if you want to discuss, argue any parts of this episode, feel free to leave comments on any of the posts on our various social media channels and I'll do a short follow-up video to keep the discussion going if it's uh, needed. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the latest episode of The Lonely Marketer. Please remember to subscribe and review. It really helps as we try to build this marketing community into something special for the recruitment industry. So catch up soon. Thanks a lot, Chris. Cheers. Thanks, Glenn.